And we're recording. Hi, welcome to Already Cancelled with Finn. I did it correctly. Oh, that was smooth, too. I am your host, Finn. Um, this week, I am cancelled. Because apparently, for those of you who listened to me discuss being allergic to cabbage, y'all think I'm weird. Um, first of all, bitch. All you bitches. Um, everybody got an allergy. Okay, some people are allergic to bee stings. Me, some people are allergic to dairy. Me, some people are allergic to cabbage. Okay, I got friends that are allergic to all kinds of shit. So fuck you. <laughs> this week, my guest. All right, let me explain something. And we are that part of like part of our discussion here today. Like me and this person, we go bad. We met at a weird point in both of our lives, and we have gotten lucky enough to see each other grow, uh, to push each other, um, to be able to have people we can cuss each out without feeling any repercussion, because this bitch has cussed me out. This bitch has cussed me out. So, my guess. The lovely, the incomparable, the marvelous, my bugaboo, Max. What it do? What it do? That boy, that boy, Max. Is me your boy? <laughs> All right, Max. You and I have known each other for what? I was I was trying to think of it while you were saying that, and I want to say like ten years. Like it's been it was two thousand eleven. I thought. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Right. Bruh. I was sitting here like, wait, that can't be right. But no, it was twenty eleven. Yo, you right? Cause I met you like, right the year right after my graduation, or like around that time. We met in the winter that year. Yeah. Yeah, I still don't remember the exact meeting. I don't either. <laughs> I feel like there was hookah involved. Yeah, I feel like it was at Hookah Haze, but I met you once and then you were like, in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I never left. You never left. <laughs> um, so Max, <laughs> I do that to a lot of people. So Max, um... What do you do? Where you from? Give us your pronouns, all that shit. No real jobs. Okay. Well, I am a they them kind of people. Um, that's actually kind of copy. I like yeah. it. <laughs> that's kind of new for me because I'm still like trying to reconcile the fact that like I'm a they them. That's what I prefer, but I don't at all like. I mean, I got long hair and big boobs like it's hard to well I mean like, so the great thing about being NB and falling into the non-binary spectrum is that you don't have to look and present a certain way at all time it's more yeah. of a like I think one great thing that I'm learning is that like it's like this when I used to see drag queens and I wanted to do drag I never wanted boots I always wanted my yeah. drag to have flat chest that was my favorite kind of drag. So, like, for me, it and you can be a feminine, masculine, or neither as you want, no matter how you present. Yeah. See, I, I get that. It's just, it's more for, like, I mean, my 
coming out air quotes was a post on Facebook where I was like, yo, I'm actually a they, them slash your boy. And that's how I'd like to be referred to. But I really don't care because of how I present on the outside, what you call me. I just want you to know like what I prefer. And it's made things kind of awkward because like I genuinely don't care. Like I would prefer if you didn't refer to me at all, honestly. But (laughs) But if you go into, (laughs) I like it this way, but I'm not going to fault you if you call me something else. And I'm trying to get over like the dumb little guilt I feel about that when I have like friends who are who like correct themselves uh, when they're talking to me, they'll be like, oh, when she oh, wait, I'm sorry, they and like kind of like make a big deal out of it. And I don't care. Like you could have just you could just go on with whatever. And I had somebody stop me and be like, yo, like, what's the point of you coming out and saying this if you're not going to like, I don't know, stick to it or like it. I, but the whole time that was like it was never for them it was more for me like I get that but it's also I so one of my friends when she came out as trans I I was elated because and I, I, I get that sounds selfish but like I was elated because like you know me I always want to see y'all prosper I want to see y'all grow I want to see y'all be happy so like I'm happy that she's happy right and yeah. I have made the mistake of calling her by her dead name right and I've gotten better at not doing it and like even when I like even when I say it I immediately hear myself and I correct myself and I feel like that's an important thing because like not for nothing those bitches out there that you tell them like like it don't mean nothing they're gonna go to the next person and the next person you're gonna be like but it means something to me you know what I'm saying yeah. On top of that, you know I love you enough to to like I'm that bitch that dragged you to the counter to be like, yo, you fucked up my homie daughter. Yeah. <laughs> you is though. <laughs> and like I want you to be that bitch who goes up in there and be like, yo, you fucked up my order. Yeah. I mean, you're right. And that's that's something I need to work on just like in general. It's just identifying that way is kind of new for me just because for a long time I was just like well now you're just trying to be like a special snowflake I don't know I had I have like this whole complex about it where like I've never I've never felt distinctly one thing or another it's just having to like I don't know feeling like I had to yeah present a certain uh... way yeah I mean so I'm just like it's new for me and I'm just trying to I'm trying to be the take my bitch ass to the counter and be like yo, like, this is how I want, like, I'm trying to be more, I guess, direct and upfront about that, but it's just weird, because I'm still trying to do that in a whole bunch of other ways, like. I mean, look, I'll be real, you know, when, when a certain man once told us that he was born by the river, (laughs) he followed it up with a change is gonna come, and as we go through life, we have to make the changes we need to come sometimes. You know what I mean? The more comfortable you are with you, the better it will be, you know? And those changes that you need are going to be there. But also, so like, yeah, bro, (laughs) tell me your hobbies. Tell me, what do you do now? What is your art now? Oh, God. I mean, honestly, like, I've been on top of working full-time and going to school, like, I don't have time for shit, basically. Yeah, you is, yo, you is doing the shit. I'm trying. I'm proud of you. 
No, like that. I mean, that's what we're here to talk about right now. Like, we are here to talk about the evolution of this because it. I feel like the evolution of our friendship says a lot about our main topic, our meat and potatoes, which is later. Yeah. Um. So, like, we met. Well, like you said, ten years ago. When we met, we were like eighteen, dumb as fuck. <laughs> Ain't shit changed but the number. <laughs> changed but the number. <laughs> we got really tight, like right after I dropped out of college. Um, yeah, because we, we both time. we both we were both little sad pseudo orphans. That <laughs> yes, yes. And then like the I'm gonna be real. So I don't know if I told you the full story of me moving in with you. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know because I was there and I recall that shit just happened. <laughs> Like, I came home and Ramel had decided he lived in my house. And I was like, okay. Do you remember for about two to three weeks, we had done nothing but hung out, like, almost every night or every other night, right? Yeah. So, like, after work, I'd go straight to your house. Mind you, I had dropped, dropped out of college and moved back here with my grandparents. My grandmother, one day I came home. I It was after I left your place. I went to work, and then I came home, Right. Drove all the way back to Nightdale. <laughs> and my grandmother was sitting at the kitchen kitchen table. You know how she sits there <laughs> with her leg crossed, sees me come in, puts her glasses down just a little bit and says, so you don't live here anymore? Um, you've been in and out every fucking night. And unless you're going to stay home, I don't want you. I was like, ma'am, it was, I've only been out two nights this week. It is Wednesday. This whole week did I stutter. <laughs> she was like, you out, you gone. So I drove back to your place. <laughs> and it was like, yo. And mind you, Topher had just moved in like a week before. I know. <laughs> and I was like, yo, so like I got kicked out. Y'all got a couch. What's good? You on that couch? <laughs> And then all of, because you guys had already stolen two shopping carts by then. Um, excuse me. That was not you guys. That was Max. <laughs> that was entirely Max. And they were my bookshelves and they were glorious. And by the time we left that place, there were four shopping carts. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them was mine. Yes, one, one of them was yours. One of them was my dressing. <laughs> Man, I was so poor. I was so poor. Me too. <laughs> the shit, man. And I worked at the worst place for any any baby gay to work at. Yeah. Fucking Chick-fil-A, which was gay as fuck. Yeah. I think there was only like one straight dude who worked there. Anyway. That, that reminds me, literally, the last time I went to Chick-fil-A, like a couple years back, at this point, because y'all know we don't stand Chick-fil-A. The last time I went there, the girl in the drive-thru, like, I rolled down my window and she walked up because they make me, they be making people stand out in the rain for some shit. And, like, the first thing she said was, like, hey, you're actually really pretty. I really like your eyes. And I was like, oh, oh, oh okay, th- thank you. Why, why are you at Chick-fil-A? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? What, what's happening here? You're a nice person and, and you're right. And you tell me I'm pretty. Right? Like we had 
we already knew like we heard the the brumbles of chick-fil-a being bad but not not everybody was like fully on board yet and so that's <laughs> the last times i went so i was like wait you, should you are they let you be here <laughs> you know what the crazy is i had the weirdest drive-through experiences in north carolina like the drive-through experiences in north carolina specifically near nc state are unlike any other bruh <laughs> i know like I got called ma'am multiple times at cookout, <laughs> all right? That's just a microaggression at cookout. That's just, <laughs> you're doing that shit on purpose. <laughs> the, the Wendy's on, what, the Gorman? Well, Western. Western. That Wendy's on Western, there was always a fight. I know. <laughs> there was always a fight. And somebody always got robbed at the McDonald's. I know. Even if you were coming to Wendy's, like... Right at two thirty, right after we left Legends or some shit, there was somebody there getting in a fight. Yeah, like y'all getting in a fight over frosties? Like why here? Okay, all the first time. of all, if you wanted something good, you wouldn't have went to Wendy's. You would. Okay, look, I'm not slandering Wendy's. <laughs> all I'm saying is Wendy's is good for a moment, but cookout is good for a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. We forgive them their little quotes on the cups because they got the milkshakes. They got the milkshakes. Their milkshakes. We have to, that was some of the best conversations we had. I know. <laughs> Sitting in the line at the fucking NC State cookout, just waiting. Oh <laughs> my God. The line that went from the, from the actual start of the drive-thru to the light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Western. Like, it's crazy because... When we met and like going through all the weird moments of like us going to the club, and us going to Wendy's or cookout, or us living together and walking into some crazy situations, and one person <laughs> whose name I won't mention playing wet every day for every a month. Day. For a month. Do you know what happened to Benny in his heart? I don't fucking want to know anymore. I don't fucking... I've repressed that shit so hard because <laughs> after repetitive trauma, you just sort of dissociate and don't listen anymore. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I'll never fucking forget. <laughs> the day you came home, you were... So me and Sully were on the couch. Okay, first of all, I will be calling him every name. Sully, Topher, Taylor, bitch ass. The five people you hear about in the next 10 minutes are one person. <laughs> one person. And I hate all of them. <laughs> but I was sitting next to Sully, and you text us both and said, if I walk into that house and hear about Benny and his fucking heart one more time. And we were both like, oh. <laughs> and because that was the time you would always walk in. You would always walk in right as what happened to Benny? Like fucking serendipitous hellscape clockwork. Every time I walked in that house, it was that song. That one. That nigga. Fuck that nigga. <laughs> and he would always be like, well, I was too tired. Nigga, you were too tired. You were so tired. You put yourself through what? Do you know how much? Maybe that's why my depression was so easy for me to get through. <laughs> Shit, at least I ain't Benny. <laughs> at least I <laughs> But Like, throughout all of that, like, 
I've seen you go through so much. And like every day, like when I say like I brag about you, I fucking brag about you. Because like we all have that friend that we we all say like we or we at least want our friendship to be about growth and and nourishing each other. Right? Yeah. And I'm so glad that I get to say like this friendship right here is growth. I mean, you push back. Yeah. <laughs> But I put back too. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> Yo, there's like having having a friend who will lovingly call you on your shit is one of the most valuable things. And for you to actually like have a relationship with them where you actually hear that and don't immediately take it to be like super personal. Like I I admit like I've been a sensitive bitch before, but whenever you and I like push each other, it was never there was never any like kind of judgment. Like yeah. I wasn't, I'm not doing this because I think what you're doing is wrong. I'm just letting you know that maybe there's a way you could do it better. And it was never like, I don't know. Like sometimes you have friends who don't do that or like. And we, and when, all of us have friends who don't do that. We all do. Yeah. And like, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like, there's also like the one-sided friendship where you're, you're like the only person putting in the work and just like being the person be like, Hey, I want to see you grow. I'm going to help you grow. You're going to grow and you're growing now, but it's all one-sided. Yeah. No, I get that. Because, because like, just as I moved into your house, as I was poor, (laughs) but I had not a pot to piss in, but I had car windows to throw it out of. (laughs) I had a cookout milkshake cup to piss in and a car window to pour it out of. Yes! <laughs> but like, just as I lived with you during like one of, like, you know, when I had nothing, you've lived with me before. Yeah, I lived in your goddamn dining room for almost a year, I want to say, of your one bedroom apartment. I lived in the little nook dining room. That was a great nook. It was a great nook. That was a big ass nook. <laughs> <laughs> you had bookshelves? You had bookshelves, a futon, and a fucking table. I know. <laughs> and no, and there was no, like, it wasn't in the way of anything. No. And, like, like that was, you're right, like, that was a time when I was, like, going through the shit. And objectively, that's, like, probably one of the, one of the harder periods of my life. But, like, when I look back on that shit, it was literally just, like, me living with my best friend at the time, just doing shit like it wasn't even anything like we'd sit there and stay up until like four in the morning and talking shit yeah and you'd be having people <laughs> be having i'm people. a hoe i'm a hoe you can say it i'm a hoe my mother knows who she raised or didn't <laughs> um no like but like that was also it was really cool because i remember i'm gonna mention one beat trip <laughs> One of many. One of many. I remember one beat trip where it was, I think, a Saturday morning. You were off work. I was off work. We had both been working a shit ton of hours, busting our balls. And it was like 10 a.m. And you were like, what do you want to do today? And I was like, I'm going to go to the beach. And it took us an hour and like hour and a half to just get out to fucking roll me (laughs) and go to the beach. We talked, we smoked, we ate. <laughs> <laughs> and 
it was just amazing. Yeah. And then on the drive back, something got thrown out the window, but <laughs> we don't <you> know, <laughs> but like that was us. Like we were so spontaneous and had those good moments of just like that gave us clarity. And neither of us needed the other for emotional. I mean, we were doing each other emotional support then, but like it wasn't a I need my friend today. It was more like, I just want to be with my friend. Yeah. You know. Although my favorite beat trip was the one that we went out and saw the sunrise with three men. <laughs> one of which I still hate. Fuck you, Sully. <laughs> <laughs> but you, me, someone that I hate, we all we all did our bonding of our friendship was a trauma bond, to be real. Oh yeah. Like that is OG trauma bonding, I think. <laughs> We had no structure for where we are at now. We had no structure given to us for the certain for the certain points that we were in, like in a certain point of the ground that we were in. And like through our um, shared experiences, like having not so great parents. Yeah. Um, different forms of doing without and growing from that like it's amazing like how we got here yeah like and that's gonna like uh, as well this will lead us into our meat and potatoes you know we did we did all that shit with no training wheels at all at all we like we were building a plane as we were flying it and we didn't have a manual and nobody told us how to do it we were the white (laughs) brothers without the racism We've gone from seeing each other go through the throes of so much weird shit and weird relationships and certain friendships that should have ended and did end way sooner than they ended. It's wild because, like, as I say this, and part of it is because I didn't have my mom around growing up, right? Um, Also, for those of you wondering... Because this segue is probably not just even going to be me stopping and saying it. So, like, today's meat and potatoes is, it's hard to explain, but it's like the adult children of not-so-great moms. Yep. (laughs) And how we are coping with it. Okay, this is not a woe-with-me situation. This is a, wow, I am the bitch. I am that bitch. I am the shit. Okay, what's good? This is mommy issues from surviving to thriving. (laughs) (laughs) Look, the Bible is wrong. Look, bitch. Look, bitch. Okay. Beyonce, Kelly, and Michelle said, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop. What? (laughs) So, like, because I didn't have my mom around growing up, I was so at, like, abandonment issues are a bit, right? And I was so adamant on, like, having the people that are around me, keeping them as close as possible. Yeah, no matter how they treated you. No matter how they treated me. Yeah. Um, but as I got older, I also realized I'm a petty bitch. <laughs> and I can't be a petty bitch with all these feelings. <laughs> yeah. Like if I'm if I'm gonna be like, look, bitch, I don't give a fuck what you do. You can drop dead right now. I'm. I need to be about that life. (laughs) 
I need to be about that life. You know what I mean? Although I don't wish death on people. I really wish, I'll be wishing that your socks fall down. <laughs> I'll be wishing that the button on your fly pops off. <laughs> that your check engine light stays on even when it doesn't need to be. When your car is completely fixed, but that light is just going to annoy you forever. I want your sensor to be broken. Broke, my nigga. I want, I want, if you, if you are growing radishes and the sun doesn't shine on the right side of the radish that you need it to be at, boom. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. You only get half a radish now. Although I don't need radishes. So fuck you and your radishes. <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, you're issued with your mom, right? Like, how much do they affect your relationship that you have now? I mean, a lot, but also that just goes into what just happened with Emily is more why they are more present now. I don't know. Pretty much all of my years of being on my own, whether I was like cognizant of it or not, was me unlearning and just getting through and trying to process in a way that wasn't immediately and all entirely negative all the shit that she put me through right like straight up just like not even treating me as a person sometimes and like even beyond like physical abuse and verbal abuse just like emotional manipulation when you're a kid all the way into adulthood like that shit fucks with you forever like I I've done a lot of like I've grown a lot and gotten tried to get rid of a lot of those things that like a lot of like coping mechanisms or defense mechanisms that I've like just had to develop to get through shit. And no matter how much work I put in, I still know that like that shit's going to be in the back of my mind. And it's always going to be like a lens that I see the world through because of all that shit that happened when I was growing up, like in my formative years and stuff. Right. Like, I mean, we're going to get talk. We are going to talk about it. Like I completely get that. Like it's weird when I, look at how I treat my partners and my friends because of my relationship with my mother. Yeah. With, with my with my friends, I'm I want to keep them. I want you to be my bestie. I, you know, I will do it got me to the point of like of my life, at a certain point in my life, I was always doing whatever you need. Yeah. And that also affected how I worked. Because I was always doing whatever my boss needed. Yeah. Um, but then with my partners, it was like, as I see, because again, I didn't really get to know my mom until I was older. So I saw my mother with her partners. And I remember thinking, like, I can't do that. Yeah. So it's not that my mom is bad at her relationships. It's just her ideals, her values are different than mine. Yeah. And that's my issue. Um, so, like, give me, like, a quick synopsis of, like, your relationship with your mother, how that formed and all that good shit. Uh, well, um, I don't know. So, I mean, growing up, like, my mom, uh, I'm trying to think where to start. <laughs> I mean, growing up, like, my mom, like, um she grew up in the Mormon church and I 
actually the only reason that I exist is because she had an arranged marriage with my my dad who growing up in the Mormon church also he like he had cerebral palsy so he was basically like not gonna get married another way I mean that sounds bad he would eventually because that's just how it works and it's culty as shit but my mom uh had my older brother at the time and so she was an unwed mother and basically they were like well you're damaged goods and he's damaged goods so you guys should be together because someone needs to take care of this other kid and so that's why i was born <laughs> wow that's the that's the good old situation that brought me forth <laughs> And just like, I mean, my mom stayed with him until I was maybe like a year and a half and then got out of there because like it was a bad situation and she didn't want it. And that was one of the first times that she left me and my brother um, with our grandma for a little while. And then when she came back, I don't even know where she went. Like I I was, I have no idea. She was gone for maybe like- We never know. We never know. But then she came back and when she came back, um, her side of the story is that my grandma wanted to keep my brother and didn't want me. And so she was stuck with me basically. And so it was just me and her up until she met uh, my little brother's dad and married him, had my little brother. Two years later, like left him. And that was when she left us or she left me and my little brother with his dad and Nobody, none of us knew at the time, but she was like catfishing on the internet, like in the early days of the internet already, <laughs> like trailblazing the catfish fucking trail, uh, left us and moved to Virginia for a year and a half. And I was in the second grade. And at that point, my stepdad was like, well, I can't take both of you. And I'm blood related to that one. So you're going to have to go somewhere else. And that's how I ended up in Wyoming. So repeat that cycle pretty much like on schedule where she would come back for a couple of years and then she would leave again and then she'd come back for a couple of years and then leave again. And then it got to the point where like I was old enough where I wasn't like she couldn't just drop me off with people like I was a full ass person. And that's when she started like dragging me around to all of the dumb shit, which is why we ended up here in North Carolina. (laughs) And that's where dumb shit goes, North Carolina. <laughs> Apparently. But, like, yeah, I was just, like, she dragged me around. Uh, I'm, like, I don't even, but it's no, just. I get it. I get it. Yeah. It is. It's a lot. Like, it, it, and it does fuck you up. It really fucks you up. Like, you, you know my story, me and my mom. Like, yeah. My mom left when I was four or five, right? About four or five years old. Um, and my grandparents raised me from yeah. there. Um, and it wasn't even my grandparents, they were my great-grandparents. Because my mom was an addict. So, like, and it's a, it's a weird thing in my family. So, my mom was raised by her dad and my great-grandmother, who is her mother's mother. Yeah. Right? So, they raised my mom because my mom's mother is, a, is an addict or was an addict. And then my mom, an addict during my childhood and then so from five to 16 I didn't know my mom and the memories I have of my mother before 16 some were great like I can remember you know us watching 
uh, TGIF on ABC, and I can remember us going to Chuck E. Cheese and going to the old um, to to the old Kmart, you yeah. know. But then I also have memories of like I remember not having food. Yeah, I remember seeing you staying and laying on the couch for fourteen hours straight. Yeah. You know, um, I remember being in the back of a cop car with C1. Yeah. And like, again, there was a time in my life where I didn't even talk to her about that shit because I was so afraid of triggering her going back and doing drugs because I was told that I have to worry more about her feelings than my own for a long time. That's some bullshit, too. Right. So, like, that kind of shit fucks you up. Yeah. And... It's weird because for me, now I look back at the shit that we went through and like as a child of an addict, I can guarantee I am so glad I didn't have to, I didn't get to deal with her when she was drunk out. Yeah. You didn't get the full addict mom experience? Right. I am so lucky. Because my feelings would have been even more angry than they were up until about a couple of years ago. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh my God. Wait, so how often do you talk to your mom now? Uh, Now now it's maybe like once or twice a week, depending. I mean, like she didn't talk to me for three weeks because she invited me over to uh, her house for Easter. And I was like, thank you, but no thank you. And she literally like didn't talk to me for three weeks. And then the second she talked to me, it was like, hey, so I need you to do something for me. And I was like, okay, cool. I was, I was wondering when this would happen. Like that, that's kind of pretty much it. We, we talk occasionally if she needs something. Otherwise I'm kind of just like on my own. And I mean, it's been more complicated since Emily passed because like, she doesn't like it, it's hard for me because like even though I have all these feelings about her I also realized that she just like obviously like we all just suffered a tremendous loss but like my little sister or my mom took care of my little sister every single day for five years like all through her diagnosis and all through treatment and all through like right up until the end and now she doesn't have that anymore and she like she she like sends me texts about like how her life is so empty and like she she just wants to be part of my life now. And she's so sorry for everything that happened. And she knows that like, oh, I know that you hate me or that you don't want me around. It's just like, I'm your mom and I just want to be there. And it's hard because like, you literally haven't been there for me ever until all of a sudden you needed me. Like, that's how it's always been. Right. Um, No, I get that. I really do because... And I know it's, like, sometimes tough to navigate through. When there comes a loss in the family, it it really does trigger everyone's position in the family. Yeah. Look, I'm going to be real. We all know I ain't the biggest fan of your mama. <laughs> anyone, anyone who knows me knows I ain't a fan of your mama. <laughs> no. Um, because, but that's because, like, I've watched you with your mom and I've watched you with your little sister. You know what I mean? And like, 
because of how much you loved your little sister, you were willing to put up with so much from your mother who had hurt you. Yeah, that's literally the only reason. Like, I mean, <clears throat> like when when I was growing up, like from the time I was six years old, when my little brother was born up until I got out of their fucking house right after high school, like I was taking care, like I took care of my little brother from the time I was six years old until we moved to North Carolina when I wasn't with him anymore. And then I was taking care of him. Like I'm talking like six years old, changing diapers, like making sure he was fed, doing all the shit you're supposed to do for your kid that your mom for some reason doesn't do and spends all her time on the computer catfishing motherfuckers. Just catfishing. Just, Just catfishing. Catfishing. Cause all the little people in your life that you made don't, they're not as interesting as pretending to be someone else on the internet. That bitch right. pretended to be British on the internet. <laughs> she had a fake accent and this whole ass backstory about how she was from like Sussex. It is stupid Bath? No, Su- Sussex, I'm pretty sure. Sussex? Oh. Very specific. Didn't have the right accent for it. As I grew up, I was like, you don't even have like a Sussex, the, the fake ass accent she would do was not even from the Sussex area. It was anyway. It was well, like my what did the same place my accent is from? My British accent? No, I don't know where your British accent is from. <laughs> from <laughs> Australia. <laughs> no, hers was like this like high and mighty British accent. Like I don't know how to explain it, but it was like so prim and proper. It was so weird. Like I don't honestly like thinking back on it. Like I don't know how motherfuckers thought that was real. But they did. But anyway, so like my whole childhood was spent taking care of other little kids. And when my mom left me and Emily in Ohio with her with her dad, um, I don't even know where in the timeline that is, but I know it was my freshman year of high school. It was my freshman year of high school and she was 10 years younger than me. So I, I don't even fucking know. But like she left us with her dad who if anything was worse at taking care of kids than my mom was. And so it was literally me just like, like, that's why I was so close with Emily is because like, I, like I took care of her. Like that was, that was what I did. Like that's your baby. That's my baby. Yeah. And it's just, it got so hard because it got to a point with my mom where I just had to be like, I like, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't, I can't like to maintain a relationship with you because not only do you not like acknowledge all of the shit that you've done that hurt me or did like did anything about it, all you like all you ever want is what you can get out of me. Like you don't actually care about me as a person. You care about what I can do for you. Yeah. And the only reason that I maintained any kind of relationship with her was because of Emily. Yeah. That was like the only way that I was allowed to see my sister. And like all through the time she was sick, I tried to be there for her as much as I could, but it always came down to like, if me and my mom, my, me and my mom got into a fight, that was the first thing that went is like, well, you can't come see Emily anymore. Or like, you can't come be like, you can't come over anymore. Or if you want to come over and talk to your sister, then you need to apologize to me about getting mad at me for putting you through shit. I mean, not, not in so many words, obviously. No, but still is it's still bad. I mean, it's crazy because I think that's one of the things I got lucky about. Like, Number one, not having a younger sibling. Can you imagine me being someone's older sibling? <laughs> that child would not survive. <laughs> I mean, 
mean, I see you and Dante, which will actually that's a bigger that's a bigger age difference, isn't it? Me and Johnny are 16 years apart. Oh wow, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Me and me and my other nephew Keyshad were 10 years apart. And when he was born, I was 10. Like his mom used to drop him off over at our place and I would like change his diapers, hang out with him. He was my old dog. Yeah. Um, but Jante, <laughs> I am part of the reason he's like that. I know this. <laughs> I know he ain't shit. Cause I ain't shit. Alright? And that's fine. That's why he my nigga. <laughs> to the end of time. Right? <laughs> he gonna do some evil shit. <laughs> and I'm gonna be right behind him, like, yes, baby, I support you. That's my baby. But <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. But it's like one thing I am glad about is even when I even when my mom knew I was mad at her as an adult, and my mother would be that woman who would throw in my face, well, I'm your mother. Yeah. You know? But she never withheld John, Johnny from me. Yeah. Uh, but I also think that's also because, like, not for nothing, my, for a while, my relationship with my mother was very beneficial for both of us. And it's, it sounds terrible to say some, uh, at a, to a certain extent, but, like, that was okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because, like, you didn't raise me. So all those years of bullshit, <laughs> that puberty brings <laughs> you miss you know what I mean yeah um yes my mother came back into my life when I was 16 but she wasn't fully in my life until I was 18 you know for a while I was that 16 17 year old who was like look you're not my mom <laughs> you're not my mom you didn't raise me I think there was one time I yelled, I hate you. Like, I was every little snot-nosed white kid on primetime television. Hell, I was a telenovela. The most dramatic shit happened in my house. (laughs) But, like, my mom did put me on guilt trips. Mm -hmm. Because I would bring up her not being there. There were times where she was like, well, you know, I don't care if you're upset that I wasn't there um, because I'm doing better now. Yeah. But that's nice for you. <laughs> that, that, exactly. That's good for you. But years of therapy have taught me that that phrasing is not good for me. No. <laughs> like, it's not good for me. Because, like, part of the reason you know me and you know me long enough to know, like, I was so angry for so long. And you saw me coming down from it. Yeah. Which I'm sorry. <laughs> I just want to say that now. This, this maybe I think this podcast is really an apology tour <laughs> for everyone I wronged during between 2013, actually all of Obama's administration, just all of it, just just all of it, every part from 2008 on. Those were also my Kanye years, so we see how that ended. But, like, part of the reason I was so angry because, like, my mom wasn't there. And I, when I would see her, I don't think she even wants to admit this to herself, but I could tell she was on drugs. Really? Yes. Damn. You know how you see somebody who's, like, they're wearing a jacket that looks like it's been weathered, their hair isn't done, they look exhausted, 
Yeah. And they're acting and talking a certain way. That was my mom. Yeah. And like, granted, I only saw her once a year. You start to learn things every year. Yeah. Especially when Dare is in your school. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't need Dare. (laughs) Those Nancy Reagan PSAs, they did nothing for me. (laughs) I got that shit first hand. I got to watch the show once a year. It was like a primetime special. But like, as you were going through that shit with your mom, like, as you were going, like, your teenager, let's be specific about that, right? Like, your teenager. When did you move to Raleigh, officially? Oh, uh, 2006. So, so my, so- my sophomore year of high school. Okay. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. <laughs> right? <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> um, The fact that you were not only existing for all those years without me around you, not knowing you were alive, how dare you? But the fact that you were also only 10 miles from me for three years before we met. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Where were you that whole time? Where were you? I needed you. (laughs) What happened to Benny? I tell you what happened to Benny. He was stuck in Nightdale. (laughs) But like, like like you coming to all of you, I know that that was a lot for you. Yeah. I mean, my high school years in that house were literally like the some of the worst years of my life and definitely some of the worst years of my relationship with my mom because she was living with my stepdad, who shall not be named. Like she was living with him. That's the man that she like my mom's history is she is with a man until she is with another man. And then she leaves the first man for the second man. And that's like repeat. Except sometimes she throw a kid in there to like spice things up, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, so like I moved down here, uh, and it it was actually some. So it was actually a bait and switch, basically. So I moved down here with my little sister during the summer, and I was told by both parties, meaning my sister's dad and my mom, that we were both going to spend the summer, and then we were going to me and Emily were going to go back up to Ohio. And literally, like, we have a good summer. We, I get along with my stepdad just fine. And then the end of the summer comes, and I'm informed, basically, that Emily's going to go back up, but I'm going to stay here and go to school. Oh, and this was, like, literally, like, two days before we were driving. Like, we are going to – I thought we were all going to go up, and they were going to leave us, and, like, we'd go back to Ohio. Two days beforehand, my mom's like, no, you're going to stay here with me. And Emily's going to go back up until we can get her because I didn't know it at the time, but like she was actually make getting a divorce from my sister's dad or trying to, and supposedly he was trying to get custody. But so I was like, okay, cool. And so I let my little, like, I, I mean, I didn't have a choice. Like Emily went up to Ohio without me and I stayed here and I didn't find out until later that like when she went up there like he wasn't taking care of her and when she was in high school he left her like $20 for the week and literally saw her maybe once that week and just expected her to take care of herself in high school when she's also autistic and literally ate tv dinners until she ran out of money and then she didn't eat anything like shit was bad (laughs) but 
Yeah, but when when I like, but we have a ten year age age difference, so that wasn't like that was. Anyway, I stayed down here and started school, and almost immediately, like my relationship with my stepdad changed. Where because we had a conversation, he was like, "It'd be nice if you could call me your dad," and I was like, "Whoa, dog." I literally just met you and uh, I've never had a father figure around at all. Like I've never called anybody dad. I'm sorry. That's weird for me. And it was like a 180 flip where I was just like all of a sudden, like a pest in their house. And it got to the point, like I wasn't allowed to go anywhere. I wasn't allowed to have a phone for the longest time. I wasn't allowed to get on the computer unless it was to do schoolwork. I literally wasn't allowed to leave the house uh, pretty much the entire time I was in high school, the only time I would get to see my friends is if I walked the dog for two hours and they would come and pick up me and the dog and just like go to Target or something. That's the only time I was allowed to hang out with people. And all of that bullshit culminated in right after high school. I mean, this whole time, like my mom is kind of playing both sides or she's like, oh, I can't believe he's doing this. I'm so sorry, I'll talk to him. And then basically going back to him and being like, I don't know what's wrong with her. I told her she should respect you and she just doesn't, which is literally not what happened. Right. But it culminated in like on Christmas Eve in fucking, what is it? 2000, yeah, 2009, Christmas Eve. uh, She informs me that basically that she was given an ultimatum that she's supposed to pick between me and him. And long story short, you need to go. Like, you need to go somewhere. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, I literally had just gotten my first job that took me so long to do because they wouldn't, like, I you needed a car to get places most anywhere in Raleigh. And then when I finally did get a job, it was because I was taking the bus two and a half hours each way just to go to work. And I was there for a couple of months. And then she was like, all right, so you have to leave. And that's how I ended up like in the basement at Woody's house for six months. Also, there's an episode where I specifically had to cut his name out of the show. <laughs> Woody's name? Oh no. Because <laughs> I didn't want to trigger you. <laughs> oh God. Alon, we're safe. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, I need to listen to that now. <laughs> Well, because we were talking about how we met, and Alon was cool with with Woodrow's little brother. Well, he was cool as shit. <laughs> he is the coolest motherfucker. And then, so, and then we, yeah. But <laughs> what's so wild to me is that, like, coming out of that, how long did it take you to... Actually, first of all, I don't expect you to have reconciled with that. Right? I don't think anyone should expect you to have reconciled with that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay? Um, Especially because it wasn't that long ago. No. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. It Um, was a decade ago, but at the same time, it was only a decade ago. It was only a decade ago. Like, Big Time Rush was still on TV. Right? right? Scooby-Doo Mysteries was still on TV. (laughs) I was still listening to 303 unironically. Yeah. And actually, I don't listen to them ironically now. Like, I'm, I gotta, I gotta work on some things. I think maybe I just need to be in a club. (laughs) Whoa. We've heard some puppies. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) 
But like, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Okay. We stand puppies on this show. As long okay. as they don't get too crazy. But like I said, I don't expect you to have reconciled with it. But like how, um, I'm trying to avoid this correctly. <laughs> how do you feel about what happened then now? Um, I, don't, I don't know. For, for a long time, it took me a really long time. It took me going to therapy and like actually talking to someone about it, about everything that went on and like growing up and all that other shit. It took going through that for me to like finally realize that to not take, not have taken it personally, if that makes sense. Like for a long time, it was like, well, like my mom is treating me this way because I did something wrong and trying for the longest time to figure out what that was. Because like when I was a kid, when your mom leaves when you're a little kid and just like keeps coming back and then all of a sudden just leaves and you don't know why it's really hard to not just be like well I must have done something like if she loved me then she would stay yeah if she loved me she would stay and she would be here but she didn't so I must have done something wrong and so when she comes back around I just like would be fawning over her and just like I mean like I have good memories with my mom like my mom, I, I have really good memories of just driving down the road and singing shit with my mom. Like there's stuff that I listen to today that I only listen to because we used to sing it together. Like that was our, that was our thing that we did. And like some of the only good memories I have with her, but it's just hard when you're a little kid and no one tells you what's going on, especially not the person that's supposed to be taking care of you. And so like, if you don't have anybody else basically to talk to her to go on about it like you just take that shit personally it's just like it fucks you up yeah it, it fucks you up and like that that shit fucks me up to this day like it's weird because i definitely get that like i definitely um so when my mom left i'll never forget one day i was in school and my mom was home so my mom had left and then like a year later she had came back right and it was during one of her stints where she thought she was going to sober up and all that good stuff, whatever. And I was like about six years old. I was in grade one. And I remember I went up to my teacher. This was the first time I ever had a black teacher was in first grade, which most people can't say that. And I'm like, yeah, yo, she was trying to teach the babies. <laughs> um, my, my, one day my teacher asked me why I was so happy, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, my mom's coming back home. And, like, she called my grandparents because, like, that teacher had seen children of addicts before. Yeah. And, like, this was the start of my grandparents becoming friends with my teacher. Because every once in a while, I would still see the teachers at the house, and they'd be drinking with my grandparents. My grandparents just be adopting people out of nowhere. (laughs) I used to be so happy when she would be home that I would just tell everybody. And I would automatically be like, yo, my mommy's home. But then as an adult, like, well, not even as an adult, as a teenager, I remember one day I'm listening to Simple Plan. I'm like, bitch, it ain't me, it's you. Like, you can thank Simple Plan for making me the bad bitch that I am. I'm going to be real. Because, like, it made me realize, like, it's really not my fault. Yeah. It's not, and it's not your fault that your mother fucked up nah you know now what i will say because number one i don't play devil's advocate so fuck y'all bitches who think i am (laughs) um because fuck that shit you might as well be a black republican (laughs) (laughs) 
I also have to think of like the older we get, the more we realize our parents are children too. Our yeah. parents don't know what the fuck they're doing. They weren't given the manual. That is fair. That is fine. They are human. But at a certain point as a parent, you know you're a parent. Yeah. This isn't just you playing make-believe for a few years and then you're done. Yeah. You know, this isn't a dollhouse. Like, these are actual living beings who did not ask to be born. I did not ask to pay bills. No! I did not ask to pay bills. This was not a goal for me. No. I am, first of all, the fact that I am the sperm that won, (laughs) we got to go back to the drawing board. We got to go back to the drawing board on that one. I mean, do we? Like, you don't know what the rest of them look like. Like, shit, if you're the strongest, I hate to see number and two. like, I'm trying to figure out because, like, I've seen my siblings from my daddy. I definitely stand out like a sore thumb. So <laughs> I got to know some, I got some questions. <laughs> and the fact that me and my brother, we definitely are my mother's children. We are both, but we are siblings. <laughs> that for goddamn show. But we got some questions. (laughs) But like, at the same time, it's like, at what point, I'll be real, it took my mother years of me saying you fucked up for her to say, yeah, I fucked up and I mean it. Yeah. You know, because like for a while there was that, yeah, I fucked up just to get you to shut up. Yeah. I mean, how... How often do you get put on the guilt trip by your mom? Literally, my mother lives on the guilt trip. (laughs) She is racking up expenses on the guilt trip as we fucking speak right now. Like, I swear to God. That's one of the hard things for me is that, like, I, for a lot, for, I mean, part of forgiveness is being like, yeah, my mom's a person. Like, she was just a person doing the best she could. I mean, like, she was 22 when she had me. I can't imagine, like, I cannot imagine having one kid at 22, let alone already having two. And being in the situation she was in, but you can only, I can only use it as an excuse for so long because there were some shit my mom did that's just outright, like she's, she's not right in the head. Like, <laughs> like you don't treat anybody the way that you like, she treated me, let alone like your child. Right. Like she, I mean, she, like, she stopped being physically abusive to me when I was pretty, like, when I was in high school, because, like, she left a mark in that, that got me sent to the office, and that was almost a thing, but, like, motherfucking pathological liar got herself out of CPS services twice when I was growing up, uh, including the time where she left me alone in the third grade by myself for two days, and, the only reason somebody found out about it was because she also didn't leave any food in the house. And so my ass went to school and had made a shake Parmesan cheese, like from the can, shake Parmesan cheese and pickle sandwich. And that is what I was eating that day. Can't and- eat anything. <laughs> When you don't have shit else and you're too tall to reach the cabinets where the other food is, are you too yeah. tall? That's what you eat. That's yeah. what the that's what you eat. But then the lunch monitor comes up and is like, hey, so uh, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and you're like, oh, I made this. And it's like, oh, you made this? Uh, why didn't your mom make you something uh, edible? And you're like, oh, my mom hasn't been home for a couple of days. And they're like, oh, 
really yeah. now. You know what fucked up is that my mom used to. I'm gonna be real. I cannot watch. There are two. Sh- I know why I hate Will Wheaton. I'm gonna finally tell y'all why <laughs> I hate Will Wheaton. Okay, because y'all have been asking me for a while. Um. So when I was a kid, there were two shows that my mom would watch. One is Xena, and the other one is fucking Star Trek. Okay, and they she would always watch Star Trek. On Sunday, right? And by Sunday, my mom did not leave the couch. Like I said, one of those 14-hour moments where she was stuck on the couch and Star Trek came on back-to-back. Yeah. And that will be the only time I got to chill with my mother. Yeah. You know, that was, and that was when she started using again. Because she had been using, she had been using before she had me. Um, She had been using... You know, from what I understand, there's a history there, and that's why she, you know, did what she did and got into the relationship she did and all that good stuff. Yeah. But it's like I would wake up 12, 1 in the morning. The TV light would be, the only light in the room would be the TV, and it would be playing Star Trek. I would be on the couch in the living room by myself. No one was home. Yeah. And it's really funny because I remember the first time that happened, I went back to sleep. I got dressed the next morning and went to school. Yep. The school called my grandparents and they had to pick me up. Yep. Because they saw how badly I would dress. (laughs) (laughs) He has obviously dressed himself. Please come and get him. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like, I was in kindergarten. Oh, wow. And I knew to go to school. The next time it happened, my mom taught me how to use speed dial. (laughs) And my grandmother's number was number one. So all I had to do was hit number one and grandma and poppy would answer. I hit number one and I said, mommy's not home. They came and got me. And then... This was the start of the final straw. My mom told me not to call my grandparents anymore. Oh, wow. And that if I ever had a problem at home to go across the street to the neighbor, 2 a.m., I woke up by myself, went across the street to the neighbor, knocked on their door, and they called my grandparents. Now was the last time my mom had me. Yeah. And like, that's one of those things. It's like, yo, yeah, sure, we got some good memories with you, but like, to what extent? Yeah, literally, my good memories are the mem are like the times when I thought that, like, when you were around and you showed me that you loved me because you were there. Like that. That's all you had to do when I'm a kid. That's all you have to do is be there, and yeah. that's love for me because I'm small and I need somebody to be there, but. Those times when you wake up alone and you're just a little fucking kid and yeah, that's like, even though there are good memories, like the bad ones have more weight because they, like they hurt more, obviously. Yeah. Like homegirl used to sell the food stamp. Yeah. Okay. First of all, we all know I am a spoiled middle-class bitch. <laughs> okay. I went to nice schools. I went to a private school or two, you know? Um, 
grand my, my grandfather was driving the finest Lincoln on the on the block. <laughs> that mint green Lincoln. Hated that bitch. Yo, mint green though. <laughs> that mint green Lincoln. <laughs> if you were in Nightdale and saw that mint green Lincoln, it was only Ernie. No one else in Nightdale had that car. Right. <laughs> I remember one time we were driving through Queens and my cousin, when we got to my aunt's house, my cousin was like, you know, I knew that it was mint green, but I did not know that I would see it from the next block. <laughs> like it was that real. But it's like, when I say my beginnings were humble as fuck, like my mom used to sell our food stamps so she could buy drugs. Yeah. My, I remember watching my mom get the car getting repossessed. Like, I remember watching my mom chase the car. Yeah. Mind you, the car was already owned by a relative that she couldn't pay off. <laughs> like, but then it's like, it's weird because I'm not here to, we're not here to, we're not necessarily here to trash our mother, right? It's not that we're here to trash our mother. It's that we're here to like, be like, look, this is the shit that happened. This is the shit that like fucked us up and made us who and what we are today. You know what I'm saying? Like, because by the time my mom came back into my life and like, we've had some good moments um, now. I mean, you know, since she come back into my life, but like at the beginning of this year, I wasn't talking to her. Yeah. When you were grown, like when you got older, did your mom do that whole treat you like a little kid thing? Bruh, she still does. <laughs> she still does. Literally, okay, this is a dark, this is a darkest side. But um, I mean, this hasn't, I mean, it hasn't really been mentioned, but like my little, I mean, you know, Emily, my little sister, had cancer. And mm-hmm. for the last like six or the last couple of months before she died, I was taking care of her. And like I was there every single day because like she was bedbound and couldn't do things for herself and she at that point had had at least one stroke where she kind of just like wasn't all there basically um but there was an occasion where I realized like I like if something happens like I don't know what I'm supposed to do and so I was like I knew that she had a DNR and all of that it's just like I didn't know what to do if shit went down and I needed to like if I needed to call somebody or something and I was talking to my mom and I was trying to ask her like point blank like what do I do if something happens and she was like okay honey well I'm gonna give you the number to the neighbor's house and if something happens you just call them and they'll take care of it and I was like okay, like, are they going to call the ambulance? Are they going to call you? Like, what's supposed to happen? And she was like, oh, no, just in case you need an adult there to help you with things. And I was like, bitch, I'm I'm 29. I'm asking you, do I need to call the ambulance? And when they get here, like, what do I tell them? I'm not asking you for an adult to hold my hand while they take care of things. I'm asking you to tell me what I need to do as the adult in the situation. There are other moments that I need an adult when I'm doing my taxes. But at this moment, we're talking medical emergency. Ambulance or no? Yeah, like, I can call an ambulance all by myself. I just need to know, do I do that in this situation if she has an advanced directive? Like, it's just like little things like that. And actually like 
I don't know. Like my mom also treats me like I'm stupid half the time. Like I, I, when I was in her house, I was like, I, like I helped her unbox her house. I helped her put her things away. I looked for things in the cabinet for my little sister, at least like five days a week. And for my birthday last week, she comes in and she's like, I have a gift for you. You should come and get it. And I was like, okay, fine. We can go to lunch and then I'll come see you for my birthday because you've been bugging me. And so I did it and she comes in and she's like, and also I got you this cup. And it has like, it has this quote about being strong and being fearless or whatever. And I wanted to be like, yeah, I know that cup. It's been in your cabinet since you moved in here. (laughs) If I go and open your cabinet right now, it's going to be that cup missing because you pulled it down because you didn't have shit for me for my birthday because I know your MO because it's literally been a thing for the last like 10 years of my life. Like ever since I moved out, she's always like, oh, you should come and see me for your birthday because I have this special gift that I got for you. I'm like, bitch, you found this in your house. (laughs) Like, I don't even, I don't even care about the gift. Like, I know it's that you want to see me and you want to just like, I don't know. You can't think you. It's not even a regifting. It is just, it, this is, hey, I'm unloading the house. Before I give it to Goodwill, let me give it to Max. Literally, literally. And then she holds that over my head. Like, remember that time that I gave you the Tupperware that I didn't want? And I was like, yes, bitch, I threw it away for you. <laughs> I threw it away for you. You think that you're giving things to like charity when you give things to me? I throw them away. <laughs> You know, it's crazy. It's like my mom did did the opposite of that. <laughs> that was not. <laughs> I, I'm gonna be real. Um, I didn't get that. <laughs> like when, uh, like when my mom came back to my life. Like again, I was in high school. So you know, in high school, like the latter years of high school, you are smelling your piss. All right, your ears are still wet, and you think you are hot shit. All right even though I had really bad self-image issues, I knew, I, I knew everything. I knew everything. And there was one point where my mom came back and she was always treating me like I was a little kid. Yeah. Like she would try to be like, Oh, my baby, my baby. And, um, take, and like, you know, try to take me to, to the, different events and blah 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 and you know and it was like girl number one those years of you missing the baby they're gone yeah I am halfway grown now and then when I became an adult and it still happened I was like yo girl I'm a full-ass adult yo my mom my mom pulled that same shit or just like let me like you should come to work or like you have to come pick something up for me from work or like I I need to I need you to do something I need to give you something blah blah come into my work and then like she'd do like this tour around and be like and this is my daughter Molly and this like don't we look alike we look so similar can't you tell she's my child to like all of these people that I just want to be like I haven't seen this bitch in like three months uh, I don't know if you can read my face, but I didn't want to be here to begin with. <laughs> I've been guilt-tripped for the last, like, fucking week and a half to come and get this really important thing that she needed me to come and get, which, surprise, turned out to be her trash. <laughs> it always turned out to be her trash or just, like, 
I need, my boss told me I needed to move this out of my, out of my office. So can you come and move this out of my, out of my office for me? Because I don't have anyone else in the world that will come and move this thing out of my office. And I just need you to do this. And don't you love me? Please come move this shit out of my office. Oh my God. I swear, like, it's, it's why, man, listen, these women, <laughs> these women, they are, they are some pieces of work. It's weird. Like, after therapy, as you're going through it, like, you start to realize a lot. You know, I mean, I always, I used to, you know, the, the, the old joke is like when someone was, would lay on a couch at a therapist's office and I would always be like, well, my father was withholding. Yeah. That man was dead. He wasn't there. <laughs> he was nowhere around. So he was not withholding. My mother was nowhere to withhold from. Yeah. Like, homegirl was not there, right? But, like, therapy had taught me a lot more about, like, how I should handle it now. Like, what is, what is your, how are you handling, how are you feeling about your relationship with your mother now? It's, it's a little complicated just because, I mean, like, again, like for the last 10 years of our relationship, ever since like I got kicked out, basically, our relationship has only been about Emily. And it was always about Emily. And one of the biggest regrets I have right now is just in the last couple of years, how many times that I just like, after a certain point of like having to fight with her and be like, I have to compromise my own boundaries if I'm going to get to see my sister. After I feel a lot of guilt for the times I just was like, I'm like, I can't, I can't do this right now. Like my entire life up until this point has been me like catering to you and trying to get you to love me and not understanding why you didn't love me. And then as I got older being like, well, fuck you, like, if fuck you if you don't love me, like, everything that's wrong in my life is because of you, which isn't entirely fair, but it's also, like, not unfair. Right. It's just, like, up until the end with Emily, it was, it was always about that, especially towards the very end, it was just, like, I need to be here, and I'm gonna put up with your bullshit, and whatever you have to say to me, because I need to be here for her, and not for you. The last few months when I was actually with Emily every day, like my mom was still on her shit, but we like had a better relationship than we had had in a long time just because I don't know, like I got to see her like, I don't know, it's weird to explain. I got to see her like a different side of her. Like I'd always felt so guilty about not being there for my sister because of my mom and feeling like my mom was completely incapable. And even though like a lot of a lot of her thing with Emily was the fact that she got to shine as a mom and got to like, I'm the ultimate caregiver and look how great of a parent I am. Like I still got to see the side of her where she treated Emily like she wasn't even in the room, like talked about her like she wasn't sitting right there and listening to my mom talk about her as if she was like a name on a chart because she's a nurse. Like listen to my mom talk about her and just like go through like what she was like, what was she was going through that day and just like all this personal shit as if my little sister like wasn't sitting there listening to her talk about her like she was an inanimate object. I got lost in that sentence. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but I, I think I get it. It's like, 
like our our relationship is still like it was still very much strained but there's also just like I have a lot of bad feelings and I have a lot of pent-up shit about my mom that like I've actually tried to talk to her about but I can't because like my mom will outright deny some major traumas that she put me through just like well that's not how it happened or like that's not what I that's not what it was supposed to be like or like you're exaggerating like literally gaslighting me like my mom's when I was going through therapy it took my therapist to be like honey like you are allowed to feel this way about your mom even though you're she's your mom because she's straight up a sociopath like I'm not exaggerating the way that she treated you is not how anybody should treat anyone but especially a parent like I was never her child I was an extension of her right and so when I didn't act the way that she wanted me to that was incredibly damaging to her sense of self because just like well no I made you so you need to do whatever I want you to do and there's been like glim- you go ahead no it's, I, I just I it just it feels so weird for me because my my perception of you right of course this is just my own my own views it's like I see so much fucking magic in you you know what I'm saying and, like, I see so much magic in you. And, like, as much as I am angry with your mother until my dying day, <laughs> I will be angry with your mother my die. I just don't. I, I can't fuck with the woman. I can't fuck with the woman, right? But, I mean, like, I know there's some people who can't fuck with my mama, okay? And I understand that. Yeah. Okay, I get it. Um, But it's, like, I'm so thankful for... And it sounds fucked up to say I'm so thankful that, like, you are you. That makes sense? No, it it makes sense to me, too. It's shitty that, like, I became the person I am in spite of everything else. But, you know, like, if somebody asked me, like, would you trade everything that you went through to have not gone through that and be a different person? I mean, honestly, some days I'd be like, yeah, but at the same time, like, I take a lot of pride, even like the times I don't want to admit to myself, I take a lot of pride in like the person I became in spite of all of that, like, even like the abandonment issues and the mommy issues and all the other shit that I have because I, or that I am trying to work through because of everything that went, went on when I was a kid, like, that made me the person I am. That made me like the fiercely loyal, like compassionate, like, I mean, not to sound cliche, but like strong person, just like emotionally intelligent, honestly, just, it made me the person I am today. And I don't know who I would be without it. I I would probably be someone who like, I would probably be honestly, just like a much more confident and self-assured and go for it, bitch, than I am than I am right now if I didn't go through all that shit. But I'm actually, like, I feel like I'm still growing into that person. It's just taking me a longer time to, like, work through my shit and actually get there. Yeah. Like, it sounds so stupid, but just, like, I mean, I turned 30 last week, which is still, like, fucking mind-blowing to me. <laughs> as someone, as someone who grew up, like, like, grew up suicidal and, like, always been like the back plan or the my backup plan is like if shit goes south and I can always just like bye-bye bye-bye 
Like, as someone who had never planned to get to 30, it's right. <laughs> right. Right, though. Like, I'm I'm as surprised as you are that I'm sitting here. Listen, listen, listen. Do you look? I've attempted twice. Yeah. I remember when I was like, when I was doing self-harm, my grandparents just like looked the other way. They said turn the other cheek in the wrong manner. Yeah. <laughs> Be real. No, no, turn the other cheek when I'm acting <laughs> foolish. Don't turn the other cheek when I'm trying to murder me. Exactly. <laughs> like, we have to, like, work on your idea of what self-help is, please. Right. <laughs> but it's, out of all of that, like, not planning to make it to 30 was the, the fact that I made sure I wanted to go into the corporate world might be part of the, because now I have to stay. <laughs> I have to see what is on the other side of this. Right. But like, it's a lot of it does stem from not having a mom. Yeah. And no, I can't blame my mother fully for my suicidal thoughts. No. But I can blame the situation that she put me in, which led me to lead to getting to suicidal thoughts. Now, I'm at that point, though, in my life, which is weird to say, my mom is my homegirl now. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Because, you know, there, you remember there used to be times I wanted to put Kelly in the ground. Oh, I know. <laughs> Yo, but, like, th things are different with you and Kelly because, like, even though, like, this isn't, like, saying this doesn't, it's not me trying to give her any kind of excuse or trying to, like, make excuses for anything that she did, but, like, it was very obvious that Kelly had her own demons that she was battling through, and Kelly trying to get through her own shit made her a stronger person Unfortunately, she did it while she had children at the time. Right. But she's not like, I mean, she has like, she has her issues and shit, but at the end of the day, she loves the shit out of you. She, That's her own fault. I know. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> you know, the fact that she loved you more than me is no. Let me explain. Bitch, My she, she does not love you, love me more than you. <laughs> My mother, if you ask my mama, who her favorite child is, okay? It goes Max, then Passion, then Ramel, then Rashad, and then some days it's Rashad, then Ramel. <laughs> now, keep in mind, she only gave birth to two of them bitches. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't even know why she likes me so much. <laughs> because, like, number one, you are... You remind her of herself. Really? You remind my mother of herself. You're so much like her. Like, the, the part of you that is just, number one, loving of everyone, that is my mother. She, especially the gays. You just loved, you just went out to the <laughs> nearest gay and kidnapped them. That is my mother. Right? <laughs> and then on top of that, though, you were growing into your own bad bitch when my mom met you. And my mom at this time was also growing into her own bad bitch because she hadn't developed that fully yet. Well, no, because she like 
when you are addicted to drugs, you are not developing anything except a bad habit. <laughs> Unless you're Whitney Houston. Unless you're Whitney <laughs> Houston. Then you're developing a bad habit and also millions. And millions. We have to, you know, like there's a difference. There's a difference. <laughs> But she, but you remind her so much. Like, I see you, my mom, and like, you guys are a lot of like, except for you know how to put a printer together. <laughs> and no one in my house does that. I will, I will always be Kelly's tech support <laughs> forever. <laughs> but it's crazy because, like, it took me years of, like I said, I wasn't talking to my mom beginning of this year, right? And while I love her, it took me a while to realize, like, I was, a lot of our relationship, you know how, like, your relationship with your mother was based on your relationship with Emily. A lot yeah. of it was my relationship based on my grandmother. Because, like, number one, my great-grandmother adopted me. You know what I mean? She raised me. Um, and then on top of that, that was my homegirl. My great-grandmother and I used to sit there and drink beer together. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I used to drink beer with your great-grandmother. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> you fucked with my homegirl, I fucked with you. You know what I'm saying? Like that was it, and so I love I love Judy. She was like magic. She was fucking magic. She like, was, and you know, a lot of my. It's funny because again, there were moments when me and Judy were terrorizing each other. <laughs> just, just, just you've been gone for two days. You don't live here anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I threw the keys on the table. I just threw him on the table. Didn't even hand it to him nicely. I just said, here, fuck it, I'm out. Like, <laughs> that was it. Like, that was my mic drop. I told you I was a dramatic little bit. <laughs> but it was like my, I always feel this sense of like, yes, I got lucky having two moms because Judy was my mom, you know? Yeah. But like, I'm still learning to see my mom as my mom. Yeah. You know, like, because now that, now that Judy is gone and she was the reason that I spent so much time with my mother, like she's the reason that, you know, I was able to see that like my mom was a, wasn't a, was an adult. She was a human. She yeah. didn't adult don't know if it wasn't for my grandmother, me and my mom wouldn't have gotten as close as we did now. But like at the end of the day, I'd be looking at Kelly sometimes when she went, when I, when I'm pissed off and I'd be like, bitch, you know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you know what you did it, but it's weird because I watched her raising Johnny and watching her raising Johnny because she didn't raise me it was different like I finally got to see her like oh yeah you're actually a good mom when you want to be come on girl yeah come through with the talent I didn't know that was there but, you know, I'm sure at the same time, it's kind of, I mean, I'm sure at the same time, as much as, like, you, like, it, it's affirming to see her that way. I mean, I'm not trying to speak for you, but I can imagine that that would be hard just to, like, watch her. Because, I, I like, I saw Kelly being a mom to John Tay, and I was like, damn, okay. Right. But, like, you, you couldn't do that for Ramel? Like, right. Like, it was weird. It was like, uh, for a while, I was very angry. I was like yeah. real angry, but I never took it out on Johnny because he was going through the same thing I was going through. Yeah, because his mom isn't around. Right, yeah. his mom isn't around. His dad is an addict. 
So it's like, oh, bitch, I got you, baby. I know what you at. I'm with you, which is why he was in the back seat of the car. The CPS should have been called on us. <laughs> you and me with that child in that car was not a smart idea. <laughs> that boy listened to so much Fallout Boy in 303. Good. <laughs> I mean, he a gangster though. <laughs> he ready for anything. He still knows how. To, he still knows the words to Michael Alvarado's song. Good boy. So cute. It, I, there were times like I was just so angry with her. I was angry with her. And one thing I saw her doing with, with her and um, my former stepdad, her and John, her and him and John Kay emulating that family unit. Yeah. The, the matching outfits, the going out to events, the, all that stuff that I didn't get to do. But number one, my grandparents was old. <laughs> They went to school with Moses in them. Like, they was old. They was not trying to be running after my black ass. Nope. And then, like, so I see my mom doing that, and I'm like, damn. You know, I got mad. I, there was a part of me that was angry as fuck. And, like, I took that out of my mother. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which is, which is understandable. And you know also, me. And you know yeah. me. I'm a cussing bitch out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know you my mama, but I'm a cusser, bitch, y'all. Yeah. But, like, again, like, it's it's not trying to make excuses for her or anything, but, like, drugs are, like, drugs are bad. Like, drugs are your, your mom made bad choices. Bad. Your mom made bad choices and, like, but addiction is fucking hard. And, like, I would be pissed in that same situation, but at the same time, like, you know that your mom is a person and you know that she's been like trying to figure shit out herself and just like realizing just how far she she's come that she can be that for Jonte. Right. Like, and like that's one thing that I do love about her, like seeing her having a full time job, raising Johnny, going to school, that made me mom her. That yeah, exactly. made me that made me see, oh yeah, no. That's my mom. Yeah. She out here being that bitch. Yeah. Like, and it's hard out there. It is really hard out there. And it took me being an adult to really realize, like, girl, I don't know the answer either. Yeah, how hard that shit actually is. Yeah. Because she had me when she was 27. Do you know what I was doing at 27? What in the streets of Manhattan? Bitch! At least my mother was in a house. <laughs> she was eating food <laughs> that was homemade, okay? Homemade. She 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 knew when to go to bed. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was doing cocaine off of this dude's ass I met on Grinder two hours ago. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> what were you doing last weekend, Max? <laughs> because I have never done cocaine off of anyone's ass. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I didn't know that not everyone did that. <laughs> My bad. My bad. You know, <laughs> I've I've only done certain drugs off of other parts of people's body. Okay, but the premise is doing <laughs> drugs off of people's bodies. <laughs> okay, we can we can change it if but if butt is too sensitive. 
we can change it to doing cocaine off of people's bodies. People's bodies. Living in a house, and I was doing cocaine out of this guy's belly button that I just met on Grinder like two hours before. <laughs> And I don't remember his name. His name forever in my memory is Belly Button. That's right. Silence. Silence. Yeah, I want you to real. <laughs> and you know one thing I love about bragging about you and this is this is why you are a published Arthur. <laughs> and <laughs> this is why you give me such elaborate stories that I can tell the masses. When your coping me- mechanism is TV and media, you you can spin a story in like ten seconds flat. You, you really can. Thing. You do the same thing though. <laughs> I used to write. I used to write um, the grassy fan fiction. <laughs> so you know I can spin a story. Been there. <laughs> Fuck Lakehurst for life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Fuck Lakers. Also, speaking of Degrassi, what is weird? Because I remember you and me watching a copy of Degrassi in the um in the house on Avent. Yes. And that was ironically around the time that we first started talking about our mothers to each other. At that time, we were just going through it. Yeah. And Degrassi made us go through it more. <laughs> it just blew it up. <laughs> and like, anyone who's ever watched Degrassi knows that every episode, you're going to get everything. Yeah. <laughs> every, every teen issue you have is in one episode of Degrassi. Right, though. Yo, that's, that's the thing, though. It's like, I mean, when you grow up, it, it's weird when you, like grow up with something like that and the first time that you see that other people go through that shit is on tv because like when i was growing up every person that i knew either had a nuclear family or they had divorced parents but they still gave a shit about you like i grew up not knowing anybody who had got child protective services called that called on them like twice already i didn't know anyone growing up like you which is why like I feel like we hit it off so quickly is because like, I was like, oh, you got a fucked up mom? I got a fucked up mom. <laughs> child! Let's trauma bond about this right now. Trauma, trauma bond. <laughs> but it's so fucking real though. It's so fucking real. Like, I didn't have any friends growing up that had, that, that were raised by their grandparents. Yeah. And you know? I mean, like, like you said, like, my grandma, like, when I talk about my grandma, that's still my great-grandma. Like, that's my mom's dad's mom. Right. It's not It's not my mom's mom, because my mom's mom died when she was young. So it's, like, two generations removed of a person that is, like, taking care of you when they, they, they are tired. They, have been they are care. so tired. They have been taking care of motherfuckers for, like, the last 40 years. Like, they have seen so many presidential administrations. They just want to relax. Right? And, like, my great-grandma was raising us off of, like, the, like, piddly little check that she got every month. Where, like, when I was growing up, 
one meal a day was like the standard. And when you didn't get that meal that day, you just waited until the next day. Like it wasn't even a thing. It was just at a certain point, it just was like, it was normal. Like during the summer when we didn't get free subsidized lunches at school, we had maybe like three or four meals a week. And if there weren't any leftovers because we were so hungry the first night it was made, then like, that's what you had. And it, it, fucks you, it fucks you up so much. Do you know to this day I can't I can't have off-brand cereal? Yo, I feel that though. <laughs> I cannot have off-brand cereal. I really can't. Do you I also I was having Captain Crunch one day and it was um and I was like remembering the fact that I can remember the first time I had Captain Crunch. Yeah. It's kind of alarming to me. <laughs> Those are formative memories. Like, I don't remember having name brand cereal living with my mom. I, my aunt, because again, I was raised by my great grandparents. So like, they didn't buy name brand cereal like that. I had Frosted Flakes for a, and Cheerios for a long time. And this was, I, Honey Nut wasn't even an option for a while. Okay. But, um, we were visiting my aunt and she was living out in Fire Rockaway and homegirl gave me Captain Crunch Crunchberries. And I said, what is this? She was like, it's Captain Crunch. And I was like, what is this? She was like, it's sugary cereal. And I was like, bitch. <laughs> it's all sugar, bitch. <laughs> and for a while, I called her Captain. <laughs> because like, she gave me Captain Crunch. We didn't get that with my mom. We got off-brand cereal that wasn't even sugary. Do you like? I remember seeing a packet of Flavor Aid in our house once. Like we were not. We had. Listen, <laughs> I'm having a conniption. This flashback hurts. <laughs> flashback. I'm like I'm attacking myself right now. But you remember then, when cereal gave you serotonin? <laughs> because, bitch, can we go back to those days? Can we really? Look, man, I, I'll i never forget, like, the, the mornings where I can say, like, it, living with my mom as a, as a really young kid, like, the memories I have, I remember having a big brother. I remember having a mom. I remember having a stepdad or two. Love you, mom. <laughs> but, like, I didn't get, like, you know, like, once she was gone, that was gone. And maybe that's why I clung on to watching Power Rangers well into my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> but that's also why I hate Will Wheaton. Like, it's a, it's a toss. It's a toss. You know? <laughs> so... Some of us are nerds who hate certain nerds, and some of us just love Power Rangers. This is what my mother be at. All because she found some six foot four man in Podunk Town called Little Washington, North Kakalaki. Oh, Lord. Is that the origin story? Yo, yeah. My dad, my mom moved to Little Washington, shortly met my dad. So the tall nigga, and <laughs> he was tall. He was tall. 
And everybody always says, your dad looks so good. You have such a good looking dad. What happened to you? <laughs> I'm the short one in the family, by the way. No, same. <laughs> That's so sad, right? It's like, I'm short. I'm six foot even and I'm yeah. the short one. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm 11 and I'm the short one. Like, that is the concerning part. <laughs> but then, like, they met, they bumped some uglies, I guess, you know. Because what the fuck else is there to do in Washington, though? Uh, drugs. Yeah, no, I was going to say, in Little Washington, you can fuck or you can do drugs. Like, that's, <laughs> that's pretty much my. <laughs> or go to one of the bars that was owned by one of my relatives. There's like two bars in Little Washington, though. <laughs> on the black, I'm talking about on the black side, not the white side. You know that town's still segregated. Oh, I no, I know. I like brother and his wife live on the black side of Little Washington. They do. They do. <laughs> they probably know my cousin. <laughs> probably do. <laughs> and 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 my god and my grandfather who owns a bar or an uncle who owns it. I don't know. It's a story, but. But like they met, they bumped some uglies. I was big, I was born. <laughs> um, but like there were drugs involved. Legend has it when I was two or three, he was killed by the mayor's son. Oh wow. And then his body was found three days later in a bush in the park. What? Yeah. Oh, this is news to me. You didn't know this? No. Oh shit. I knew that your dad died. I didn't know there was some fucking circumstances. <laughs> there were circumstances, okay? <laughs> this is why my origin story is the way it is. And then my dad's family didn't like my mama. And then my mom moved to Charlotte. Or was already in Charlotte. I don't know. But, like, I too would do drugs. Well, Yeah. <laughs> If I lived in Little Washington, that's the only hobby I would have. <laughs> like, number one, and number two, my baby daddy was murdered? I'm doing drugs, bitch. That's, that's, that's I it. have to do drugs. There are two steps here. Baby daddy is murdered, and then I do drugs. That's it. There is no other playbook here. I have one option. <laughs> that is, that is, that, that, what else am I going to do? What else am I going to, like, I'll be real, because I, I low-key understand it, because when I was in my senior year of high school, my, I don't know if we were, if we had broken up or were kind of breaking up, it was in a weird point, he died by suicide. Oh, wow. And I did drugs. I just, because like, I didn't know what else, and everybody else was doing it. Yeah. I mean, everybody else was doing it. The, the classic peer pressure bullshit. Like, no, literally, we were already smoking weed. We were already stealing my grandparents' beer. Yo, I feel that I feel that so hard. It's just like when you're growing up, everybody that's doing drugs is just doing drugs and drinking because they can do drugs and drink because it's like, haha, I'm I'm like rebelling or whatever. But when you grow up fucked up. <laughs> You start doing drugs and drinking because, oh, thank God, I I found something that will quiet the bullshit in my head for a minute and let me have a good time. Yeah. And that shit becomes habit forming. Like, again, that's like, I know that Kelly has put you through some bullshit. And I know Kelly has done 
a whole bunch of shit. But at the same time, I fully understand how and why, especially learning that her like her baby daddy was murdered in a bush. Like I can see why a bitch <laughs> would turn to drugs. And once you turn to drugs and you don't like and you have all of that trauma and all of that shit in your head, it's just easier. And it's just like it's I mean, it's more like it's nicer. It's just nice to like be not... able to tune the fuck out. Yeah, like... to tune the fuck out. And like it's it's tragic that you did that when you had little kids in the picture. Yeah. And like that's not for I mean, that's like it's it's understandable. Like it doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it like that's not what you should have done, but it's totally understandable to see that's why that's what you did. Yes. Like because bitch, I've been there. <laughs> like as like as I as I gather more and more of my family history, and like you know one thing about Judy. She told me my family history to an extent at the table, drinking oh, yeah. beers. Okay. Oh yeah. But then my aunt Judy's sister was also telling me the real shit, drinking the vodka. <laughs> and then like I'm getting stories from my grandfather and my other aunt and my mom. And so like I'm learning more and more and more. And like addiction is very prevalent in my family. Yeah. But the more I realize what happened, the more I understand why everybody did the drug they did when I learned what trauma happened in their lives. Yo, right? Once you know trauma, you can understand addiction. <laughs> yes. And what, what <laughs> fucked up, it fucked up. And my therapist had to tell me that I had PTSD. Yo, yes. Complex PTSD? Yes. Yep. Because I had seen my mother strung out right? I had been ripped from a home. I had gone through, I had gone through um, attempts on my own life. I've lost people who've gone through it, who literally taken their own lives. And then I've also been in an abusive relationship, a physically abusive relationship. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, no, bitch. I know why I did drugs, but I'm trying to figure out what these bitches did drugs for because <laughs> I'm because I'm fucked up. I'm mad at them. Like, let me be mad at let me be, don't let me like be over here trying to analyze and realize that like, yo, they did what they did because like that's what they knew. Yeah. You know, and also not for nothing, my grandmother is really easy to fool. Judy does not know how many times I was high on the kite in front of her. Judy thought we were together. <laughs> she, look. Judy thought we were together and I was going to save you from the homo, homo, from the homosexuality. <laughs> and it was just a front. <laughs> and we were going to get married. Literally thought me being gay was me being in the closet. She really did. Like, like, and she wasn't a naive woman. She had known the gay her entire life. But she thought I was going to be the one gay who would be delivered. <laughs> no, he going to come back around. He just going to find this, this nice this. little white orphan girl and she going she gonna to save him from himself. And they're going to get married. <laughs> and then when they were like, and then when they realized, no, that's like, oh, they just, they just sleep in the same bed just because they're friends. Like, that's it. 
Oh, this is boring. Move, move on. What do you got next? You got a ginger? Bring me the ginger. Oh, no. <laughs> on my birthday? The day! The day of my birth. Um. Also, so, <laughs> look, all right, real quick, I'm going to say this because I'd, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to finish out this because I do want to get into another reason why I'm canceled before we get into your cancellation. So, okay. So I do want to say like, as much as the shit that you're going through with your mom, right? I just want to say like, I am always so proud of you with every step you're taking with her. Like, because I know it's not easy for you. I, I know it's not easy for you, but I'm also like, really glad that you're like saying hey you know I'm an adult man that's it like I'm fucking grown fuck you yeah like I'm I'm caught between I mean it, it's always been hard for me like I mean I know I talked a lot of shit about my mom in this episode but I know my mom has been through some shit and I know that some of the decisions that she made and some of the things that happened were because she was trying to figure out her own shit. But at the same time, there's also a disconnect with my mom where like she genuinely has a, a fucking issue of some kind. Like my therapist called it like sociopathic. She's called it narcissistic. She's called it a whole bunch of other things. There is something with my mom that she just like cannot be the person that I want her to be and that I need her to be as a person but in spite of all that shit like I I still know she's a person like I know that like like she has she has her own shit and it sucks that I got caught up in that and a lot of it's not fair and there are some things about her that are never going to change but most of our relationship right now is just like me seeing that and me still trying to be like trying to care about her because she's my mom and to like understand what she's going through but at the same time also set boundaries and just like not be the little kid that fawns over her anymore like not living not not living for any single morsel of so-called love that she can throw my way just like understanding that shit that she went through made her the person that she is but None of that is a reflection on me. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I mean, I'm pretty much like, with my mom, I'm just like, hey, yo, girl. I mean, you fucked up, but I'm good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm good now. I'm good now. Yeah. Now, 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 you know, and like, sometimes, yes. One thing that I've had to learn is, you know, a lot of people say, well, get over the past, move on, blah, blah, blah. No. Don't. Okay, I'm not, number one, I'm not saying, oh, what was me? I'm going to run around here and always cry. I'm not going to be, don't be that dude who'd be like, but my dad died 10 years ago. Yeah, no. <laughs> but like, you know, be like, yo, like that shit happened to me. This is a part of what I am now. And I want you to remember that, like, you know, I'm going to respect you, but you have to respect me in a diff because our relationship is not going to be what you want it to be, right? Like, yeah. like most mothers, 
most mothers automatically expect you to always see them as mom. That's it. I'm your mother. You have to love me because I'm your mother. You only get one mother, the whole thing. But like, no, right? Like, 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 no, like you have to respect me as an adult now because how, what you did in the past shaped our relationship now. And we have, we are healing from it and we are moving forward. But like how I am now is going to be how I am and how you are receiving of that depends on you right yeah because like as long as we both are good with each other and we understand each other and we're hearing each other out that's great but if you don't want to hear that because there's been some time when homegirl didn't want to hear shit nope I mean it's it's hard like I get it it's hard to have somebody tell you like you fucking hurt me even if you're aware even if you know like if even if you know in the back of your head, like I know exactly why you're saying that, it's still hard as a just as a person to be like to hear that from somebody else. Even if you know it's true, it's still hard to just be like, yeah, I fucked up. Right. Okay. It's it's hard not to see like past your own lens to just be like, well, I fucked up because of this, where the person that you hurt in that situation did like they didn't see any of that. Like yeah i remember when i remember the first time someone told me i fucked up and hurt them yeah you got defensive right and i turned into a bitch yep and you've met me um so so bitch, like, I, I i am you in some respects <laughs> we're I, we're so we're so similar in a lot of ways but like it is concerning it, it is, is concerning <laughs> i love it I love it, but at the same time, I'm just like... We used to wear matching outfits without coordinating. I have your sweater right now. (laughs) (laughs) I still have those purple chucks. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's so cute. And and it lets me know I know what size female shoes I have to wear. (laughs) Real shit, real shit. Um, But, like, it's wild because, like, I'm also basing... Everything that I've gone through off of the person that I am and the person that I want to be. Like, I want to be a person who who makes sure that, like, I am loving, I am receiving, I am understanding, and I'm open. Yeah. But I also, it also made me have to be a person that's like, look, this is my boundary. This is where the line stops. Yeah. You know? Because I'm not just gonna, I'm not just gonna sit there and take it. Yeah, honestly, that like that's something I'm kind of just in the last couple of weeks, especially that I've been struggling with, is just being like, yo, like my entire life I've been someone that had to take care of other people, and I like since I was a little kid I had to put all of my needs aside to make sure that somebody else got what they needed, but taking that mindset and like applying it to like adult relationships and not not just like partnerships like talking like friendships yeah just like just in the last couple weeks I've realized that there are a couple of friends that I have right now that like basically all of the good feelings I have from that relationship are them just like praising me for being such a good person but that's literally me just like bowing to do whatever they want 
and just like making sure that they're okay and sacrificing like my needs and shit that I need as a person just because I'm so scared that somebody's going to leave. Well, I mean, let's be real. One of your friends, I'm glad left me. (laughs) I'm I'm real glad one of your friends left me because that that bitch don't even like it when I'm in your area code. I mean, let's be clear, which, like, not to name names or anything, but with descriptors, which friend is this? Because they're probably not my fucking friend. Because, um, like, in the last couple of years specifically, I've gotten to where I'm just like, yo, this is not, like, a bottomless pit. The, the sister of the person who said I'm too much of a person. How are you going to tell me I'm too much of a person? You ain't enough of a person. Bitch, though. Okay, so, no, that's <laughs> not my friend. Okay, so you know exactly who I'm talking about. No, I do because that that person is not my friend because that's a that's a situation where I was like I am literally giving this my all and you could give a fuck about me because you just want to get what you want. And that's cool. Like you could do that with other people, but that's I'm not going to do that anymore. And I love that I got to see you grow into that person. Like not for nothing, right? Like Yeah. So at because when we both met, when we first met, you were, you were as quiet as a, as a church mouse. And my black ass was the exact opposite. Yo, I want to be honest, like, no bullshit or anything. Our friendship is one of the main reasons that I don't sit there and take shit anymore. <laughs> like, and yes, and that's what I love about you, because, like, you have... I've seen you go from like from your mom and your other friends and your partners. I've seen you go from yes, dear, yes, dear, yes, dear, to being like, bitch, what the fuck? <laughs> For a long time, it made me upset that people like whenever I did that would like get upset. But it's not like I did that willy nilly. It's not like, oh, you hurt my feelings and now we're not going to be friends anymore. It's been like, this has been a one-sided thing for a really long time. And I'm sorry, like, I'm not going to take it anymore. If you're not going to like work with me here, then I'm not going to be here. And it was just like, if you don't respect that, then like, cool, we don't need to be friends. You need therapy, honestly. And you can come back maybe later when you figured out, like pulled your own head out of your ass and realized that other people exist and the things that you do actually matter to other people And you can't just treat people the way that you want and expect them to be there for you. When you learn all of those lessons, maybe we can come back and like be friends. But the sad thing is like for some people, that's just like a core part of their identity that they don't see as wrong. They just see as like, oh, well, I'm not going to get that from that person anymore. So I need to find somebody else. Yes. And a lot of that, a lot of times it's like, I, because I used to be a person who saw the benefit of certain friends. Yeah. Now, thankfully, I think um, I was young enough, when I was younger, I realized how bad that was for me to think that way. Like, I realized that younger than most people did, or, or at a good age, let's put it that way. I realized that at a good age, right? Because I stopped seeing what I could get out of this person, what I can get out of, you know, this friendship. Ironically, it made me even more confident in myself. Yeah. Because, like, if 
First of all, I can get some bitches myself. I can do what I need to do for myself. I'm a badass <laughs> bitch. But at the other time, it's like, oh shit. You know, genuine friendship really gives you, you benefit so much from it. You benefit more than just what you can actually tangibly get. Like when you get that, like that love and that support and that, that real, like, I see you kind of relationship, that is amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. All right. So, okay, here we go. We're getting to the part of the show where I just found out, well, I didn't just find out. I was triggered <laughs> into remembering another reason why I am canceled. Okay. The day! <laughs> I'm not naming names. But somebody on the current episode of this podcast had sex with their ex on somebody else on the podcast bed. On the day the day born. I said it was the day that someone got broken up with. Oh shit, was it that day? I thought it was my birthday. No, it was I mean another person on this podcast's birthday. (laughs) You had sex in my bed on my birthday? No. Well, did you have sex in my bed on my birthday? I thought you had sex on my bed on my birthday, but now that you've said that, I realize it was the day. No day that my boyfriend broke up with me. Doesn't it? That's why it sounded like that. That's why it was the day my boyfriend broke up with me. Damn. Okay. I don't know where I confuse those memories, but now that you're talking about it, I was like, yeah, that that was the day. Yeah. Um. So I am canceled because (laughs) I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know that was happening. I I didn't. I feel like that was as it was happening. Like, <laughs> like the yes, that's exactly I- that is exactly what happened. I woke, we 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 were doing things, and then when we were done, I got a text message. I had like multiple text messages saying 911. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like kind of when you're like putting on pants and you're like, ooh. You know, you're giving a tap on a booty. You're like, good game. And then you're reading your phone. You're like, 911. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. No. Let, me, let me get out of her bed real fast. You know, a little a breeze real quick. <laughs> that's why I would. That's another reason why. I would. You were. <laughs> Bro, I forgot. I forgot about that day. When your boyfriend leads you into the woods and reverse twilights your ass. <laughs> You don't remember a lot of things. Edward Cullen ass, motherfucker. Fucking loser ass Edward Cullen ass. Oh, I just wanted way, to be that, known. That, that's one of the reasons why I still can't watch Scott Pilgrim. Dude, me neither. Me neither. Your relationship fuck up my relationship with Scott Pilgrim. The world will never know. I don't know. Yo, it fucked up. I literally have not watched Scott Pilgrim since then. And I actually love that shit. Like, I don't know why I connected so hard to that. I mean, honestly, like, to this day, I I don't give a fuck. Like, boy did me a favor. It's just, 
At the time, the abandonment issues were so fresh. I was like, no, this is the end of the world and nothing good will ever come from this. Ever. You know, I will say this. The relationships we had when we were 18 were great relationship for 18. <laughs> for 18. You were dating that. <laughs> and I was dating, well, you know who. Yeah. And I don't know what was going on. I don't know how I survived that. But Especially was, seeing what came after for them. I'm proud of them. I'm proud of them too. It's just like, I did not expect that I at all. I did not expect that at all, but I'm proud of them and I'm happy for them. Yeah. I'm just so confused sometimes because I'm like, neither one of us are the same person we were both then. No. Neither one of us. Completely different. The people that those two, yeah, they should have dated. These two people now? Nah. No. Nah. Nope. Nope. Nah. Nope. One, no. That's some, <laughs> that, that, somebody would have been in Rikers. <laughs> Someone been in a Rikers Island in like two seconds flat. <laughs> All right, so now we've come to the part where uh, I have to ask you a very important question. Good old Maxi, Maxi Waxy, Max <laughs> Five Thousand, forever in our hearts, but no longer in our skies. <laughs> Fuck you, Sully. Fuck you, Sully. If you know, you know. <laughs> And a lot of people know, actually. Because <laughs> I brag about telling people I named the star after your ass. As it was dying. As it was going into supernova. <laughs> and neither of us knew, because we were both emotional wrecks at that time. But Sully told us, because he a science ass bitch who can't <laughs> read a moment. <laughs> Read the stoop, motherfucker. This bitch out here crying. This one trying to help. And you're going to come in with some fucking earth-shattering science. <laughs> of all times, for us to not want to believe the science, this should have been the moment. <laughs> you could have just kept that shit to yourself. <laughs> Please and thank you. <laughs> I do have to ask you a question. It is not life or death. But it is important to who? You. Exactly. You be knowing. <laughs> you be knowing. So, Max, homie, bugaboo, why have you canceled this week? Yo. This week, I'm canceled because a bitch turned 30 years old last week. Tomorrow, like, I'm almost coming up on a week of being 3-0. And I am canceled because I am not taking any shit anymore. And I am not, I mean, that sounds like, that sounds really like a hoity-toity reason to be canceled. But no, I'm about to be canceled because I'm going to be honest with some people that I haven't been honest with for a really long time. Because... A bitch was putting other people's needs and emotions ahead of their own. And now that we hit three decades, we ain't doing that shit anymore. On this podcast, 
that's not a reason to cancel you. That's a reason to actually give you another contract for four more seasons. Okay, well, I'm going to take that contract because that's a reason for me to be canceled. Like, I know that that's a reason for me to be canceled out of some people that are about to hear, like, some real hard truths. And I'm okay with that. You know what? Fucking bitches. Okay. Um, I have stopped sugarcoating shit. Except for with the kids. Because, you know, they're babies. And I don't want to shatter their dreams. Yeah, the so, world gonna do that for them. Like, give them. So, a I, so, so Santa Claus is no longer a jolly man. He's a he's a he's going through um, a midlife crisis now. <laughs> you know, so your presence, existential Santa. So your presents aren't gonna be a brand new bike. It'll be, you know, the pedals to the bike, giving you aspirational <laughs> dreams. Yeah. You know, a picture of a bike that you could have. <laughs> this is a schematic for a bike. You go, baby. You do you. Your run. <laughs> you go to the rest. That's it. You know, like that's where that's why sugarcoat. I give him a little. You know, Santa Claus. Oh yeah, he's midlife crisis. You know, he spent all that money on a brand new car, dumped Mrs. Claus, and now the elves are just sending out pictures and pedals, baby. You know? <laughs> That kind of feel good. <laughs> Don't let me raise nobody, kid. <laughs> no. Yo, from some bitches, from some bitches that didn't even get the training wheels, like a schematic is a lot, a lot in terms of <laughs> a real lot. Like dead ass. Like every once in a while, one of my relatives is looking at me like, when are you gonna have a baby? And I'm over here like, bitch. With what baby? What? Who gonna do what? The most I know what to do with a baby is change a diaper. And I really shouldn't, don't want to know how to do that. No, bitch, I am baby. <laughs> I'm baby. Okay, I mean, sometimes I'm daddy. But I'm baby. <laughs> Yo, we are the same. <laughs> I'm daddy, but also am baby. <laughs> exactly. Know the moments and the nuances, all right? <laughs> When I say make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I'm baby. <laughs> but when I say go um go get the harness, I'm daddy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Or actually, if I say make actually even better, if I tell you to make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I'm baby. But if I tell you to make me <clears throat> a pepper jack and salami. On a ride, I'm daddy. Yeah. Okay. The pepper jack gonna fuck me up, but I'm still daddy. <laughs> I'm lactose intolerant, but I'm still daddy. I'm still daddy. <laughs> I mean, you know, daddy a person of color. He got some we wasn't eat, we wasn't drinking cow milk back in Africa. We was having goat. Actually, goat milk is good if you do it right. Yeah. I mean, don't your people know how to do that? Bitch, what you mean, my people? Oh, my bad. You're not. You're, you're Mormon, not Amish. <laughs> no, the Amish. The, wow. There's a there's an Amish spot, and they sell um goat milk, and it's the Amish market. It's so good. I have to take you. It'll be a drive, but I have to take you. Okay. <laughs> a drive out of the city into a whole nother county, another county. 
even though okay. Manhattan is a county. <laughs> um. Anyway, so we're going to close out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've talked about our mothers, our evolving friendship. Um, I'm high. <laughs> I'm trying to get high. <laughs> it's legal here. <laughs> uh, it's legal where I am. Wink, wink, wink. Wink, double wink. <laughs> and we have talked about exes. This is what I, this is our friendship. Anyone who ever sees us together, this is exactly what's happening. And then one of us will layer the other, and then while talking shit about them to other people. Okay. True. Also, I told a friend of ours that when you first met them, you said, who that boy? And they were like, oh, no. And they were like, oh. And I was like, yeah, that's why I got you instead of them. And they were like, this tracks. <laughs> you ain't shit. Because I ain't shit. Okay, well, when this recording ends, I need to know who that is. <laughs> and then that friend went on and to another one of our friends. Is this friend a teacher at this moment? No real jobs! No real Damn jobs! <laughs> no real jobs! No real jobs! This has been already canceled with Finn. I am so glad you were able to join me. I love you. I love you too. You know who you is, Mr. Sexy Man. I'm just saying, you know who you is. Um, I'll see you. In a few in a few months, Mr. Man. 